This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 154, Developing Your Psychic and Medium Abilities. Have you ever wondered if you were a little psychic or if there was a way you could learn to be? If you've asked yourself those questions or if you're curious about the spirit world and what is possible out there, today's episode is for you. For this episode, I sat down with Dominique Rochard. Dominique is a shamanic energy healer, medicine woman, and psychic development teacher and coach with over 12 years of experience. With a background in Buddhist philosophy and psychology, she then studied with shamans, medicine healers, leaders, and teachers from around the world. She has a passion for spiritual development and has been leading and facilitating courses, ceremonies, and workshops in person and online all this time. After a childhood of domestic violence and trauma, she had her own spiritual awakening, and since then, she's been on a mission to heal, grow, and spread esoteric knowledge to as many people as possible so they can embody their innate gifts and their fullest potential. I would really love to read your takeaways on today's episode. So take a screenshot when you listen and tag me on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but this way everybody will be able to read your takeaways and we can go deeper together in the content of this episode. We can learn and grow as a community. All right, let's get to today's episode with Hi, Dominique. Dominique. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. So happy to have you. So for listeners that don't know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yes. Gosh, where to begin? So my journey really, my spiritual awakening, as I should say, happened when I was 18 years old. And like many people who have stories, we all have stories. We all come from complex backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And my complexity is what led me actually to this spiritual awakening. And that is unfortunately being in a household that had a lot of toxic relationships, unfortunately, domestic violence. And this really led me down this spiral of wanting to not end up like my family, so to speak. And meditation and massage therapy is where my journey first started. So I went to massage school when I was 18 years old. And that I like to call was the gateway drug for me <laughs> to finding other spiritual and esoteric philosophies like meditation, becoming a Reiki master, and then now coming to where I'm at today, learning and studying with many leaders and teachers and medicinal practitioners and shamans from around the world. So it's been a 12-year journey of really growing and doing my own inner healing work for many, many years. And I have now stepped into a role of teacher where I'm passing down a lot of this wisdom that I've worked through over the years. I'm, I'm passing down the knowledge to future generations. And that's the work I'm most passionate about. I've always felt like we are here to walk each other home. And I really live by that statement. It's one of my favorite quotes. Other than that, I have taken this spiritual journey where I've facilitated many courses and workshops and programs live and in person to now becoming a nomad. And I teach online currently in Costa Rica, as you are as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my spiritual journey is now taking me to live and experience other cultures and other countries, mostly because I want to really make a global impact. And I feel that 
being a healer on wheels, so to speak, is kind of the medicine. Like I want to spread this medicine to the world and being able to travel and have the freedom to really go wherever is where I'm currently moving towards and where I'm currently at. And eventually I think the goal for me is to open up some sort of wellness or retreat center in South America and where I can facilitate and bring other healers on board to collaborate and continue to spread the message and serve humanity in this way that is so needed right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things you teach is intuition development and psychic abilities development. You call yourself or you consider yourself a psychic, a medium. What does that mean? What's the difference between those two terms? What does that actually look like to be psychic or to want to learn psychic development? Yeah, it's a really good question. So there is a distinction. All psychics are not mediums, but all mediums are psychics. And that's why we're called psychic mediums. And that is because most psychic mediums have a very clear foundation in psychic development and ability that then we're able to take and read those that have passed over or the spirit realm, so to speak. The clear difference is that a psychic knows how to read the past, present, and future. And it's very focused on future reading and future perceiving of events that haven't happened. Mm-hmm. And a, a medium really is connected to loved ones or ancestors that have passed over And where we're connecting is directly to the spirit realm where that soul comes forth and we read and receive information from that person that passed over. So it's not so much about reading the future as much as it's really about connecting to that spirit and telling their story. Mediums give a voice to the voiceless, basically, which is a really famous quote. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned when you were introducing yourself, your own journey of self-healing. So I'm wondering, what's the role of self-healing or self-discovery or self-study when we want to start to own our abilities or start to develop our psychic abilities? What was that for you? Um, For me, I think it was really about taking responsibility and holding myself accountable So whatever I am teaching or speaking on for others or giving advice on that you're actually doing that work every day yourself or you're walking your talk, so to speak, that really hit for me is I had to learn to take responsibility truly for what is mine and really own that and be honest about that. Take an honest look at myself and ask myself where I can grow and self-improve so that I can actually help someone else do the same. Mm, So it's more of a sense of service than pure like psychic abilities. The way we read is to the level of work we've done on ourselves. So our perception or our lens, our psychic lens is according to how much self-work we've done because we perceive according to where we're at this kind of the same way there's that saying of you can't love someone else truly until you love Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. And so where you meet other people in the psychic ability is how deeply you've actually met yourself to have a very clear channel where you can perceive this information that's being filtered through because it is being filtered through, right? And we do have thoughts and experiences. So you do want to make sure that you're not coming from experience, but you're coming from really being tapped in or connected to that psychic channel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So it's about clearing your perception, your bias, 
clearing your channel of receiving that information so you're not tinting it with your own experience of life or your expectation or your assumption of that person that you're reading for. Totally, 100%. And I will also say there are people that are highly psychically gifted, meaning I have met people who do carry a lot of, let's say, trauma and their psychic abilities are just so strong in future telling, or maybe they just feel something so strongly that's outside of themselves that is very naturally developed. But I would say for across the board, we do read to the level of work we've done on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if some people are naturally gifted, can everybody learn? Can everybody become or develop their psychic abilities? Yeah. Yeah. I say that every single person on the planet has psychic abilities naturally. And it's really like going to the gym and Mm -hmm. working that muscle and Yes, there are some people that are just born a little bit more gifted, like the person who was born and is a natural at being a soccer player, but somebody else, maybe it takes them seven years to get to that level. So it is like going to the gym and training this muscle with repetitive practices and also being like open to that channel changing over time, meaning we have a lot of clear senses or psychic senses and they do develop differently for everybody over time. Mm -hmm. Could you say something about those senses, like what they are and how they might develop for people that are not sure what we're talking about right now? Yes. So we all have a lot of senses, like we can smell things, you can smell food from downstairs, we can see things with our physical eyes, but these are psychic senses. We have six of them. Generally, we have six of them. But there's other clairs that are not talked about a lot, but I will explain what that is. So they're called the clairs, and one of them would be clairvoyance, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, clairvoyance is clear sight. There's clairaudience, which is clear hearing, clear cognizance, clear knowing, clear aliens, taste, and clairsentient, clear feeling. So these are all the senses that we use to perceive and read, whether it's psychically or medium, or when we're doing a mediumship reading. So we're using our senses to receive that information. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, and what we've already talked about, what are the foundational skills? Like how do we start to practice, to open ourselves to receiving that information? There are so many ways. I think, you know, I can probably name a hundred ways, but one is just awareness, like just bringing it back to very simple practices and very practical things can be very helpful because I think that we like to overcomplicate things sometimes. And it's really just using our awareness more often to listen to quiet our minds and really listen to what we are receiving day in and day out, whether that is when you are in a crowd, when you're hanging out with one person, or maybe when you're in meditation. So some practices would be automatic journaling or journaling in general, practicing quiet meditation, spending time in nature, Things like this will help quiet the mind and really slow things down and bring the nervous system to a place that is feeling more relaxed and at peace. And when we're in that state, we are constantly receiving information from the outside world. So I would say it's just about letting your awareness out, you know, like letting your awareness just 
Take itself to the person you're hanging out with. Take it to nature. Let yourself see and feel everything that's around you. And then if you were to just close your eyes and let yourself just feel what you're feeling in the moment, these are little ways to just start perceiving energy around you. So awareness, quieting the mind, slowing down, finding peace. Because obviously, if you're in a fight or flight response, you can't receive that information, right? It's going to be blocked because your brain is dealing with more important things. So you have to create that sense of peace for yourself. And then I wonder if you think that something like working on your intuition, like in that quality of listening, listening to what's coming from you also, and like whatever is guiding your intuition whatever you believe is out there in the world, like that might be sending you information. Some people will call it the universe. Some people will call it God. We might talk about angels and guides in the moment, but intuition, is that a big, like maybe more down to earth way to approach it with people that are like, I don't think I'm psychic, but like, of course I have some intuition about life. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. And they work hand in hand, right? It's like we have psychic ability because we have intuition. We have intuition because we have psychic ability, right? They, they're kind of, <laughs> they interchange, but absolutely. Our intuition, I think a lot of us, we find ourselves second guessing it a lot. And that's because we're caught mm. up in our head. We're caught up in narratives and stories. And sometimes and stress. it's yeah, stress, trauma, Fear, I mean, all these things are going to block our intuition, but we're always connected. We're always connected to our intuition. And I think it's really about developing the skill to discern when we are listening to our intuition, actually, and what it's saying versus we're in our head in the story and not present. So actually, that's another really great place to start is just bring yourself back to your breath and your presence. And yeah, by listening to your intuition or your gut feeling, it's always going to lead you to the right place. And that's like a good way to start listening and practicing as well. So if people are unsure, like, is that the voice of my intuition or is that the voice of whatever you want to call it, ego, fear, condition, pattern, trauma? Like, how do we make the difference between those two voices other than just taking a moment to get present? If we're still doubting, like, I'm not sure where there's voices coming from. Do you have any tips for people to make that distinction more clearly? Yeah, I'd say write it down if you can, if you're in a place to write the story down. And when you actually get the story on paper, it starts to become more real. You're able to be like, that's not even really happening. I just totally <laughs> made that up. Where did that come from? And that's like a good way because it allows you to start reframing the story and realizing the pattern in your own story that you're telling yourself mm. is something from your past. So that's one way if you're able to. If not, another way to distinguish is how it lands in the body. So when you start developing the awareness of your own self, your own body, you'll be able to really distinguish like, oh yeah, that's my intuition versus not. So our intuition comes very peacefully and very calmly. It's kind of like your little conscience in the back of your ear being like, hey, whispers. They're totally whispers. They don't come in with a bang. They come in kind of out of nowhere. Like what the heck that just popped in my head and I feel this. What is that? That's, that's intuition. And some people feel it in their heart space where they feel their heart space expanding or there's a warm sensation. Sometimes there's a little bit of chills on your back. You'll start to discern for yourself because everybody will receive this differently. Mm -hmm. um, and some people really feel it in the gut, really in their stomach. We have so many nerve endings there and it'll bring your awareness to your stomach. 
where versus trauma or ego is really going to be stuck in the mind and you're going to feel your body, your heart rate accelerates, you start to breathe faster, you might sweat, you might go into a little bit of panic or anxiety. Yeah, you're basically describing a stress response. Yeah, so if it's creating exactly. a stress response, it's probably ego, fear, trauma-based. If it's like feeling more like this peaceful, calm, connected sensation, open, expensive, it's the opposite. It's your intuition. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's about trusting yourself enough to know that the stress response is probably where there needs to be some awareness and work on why that's happening and to really trust ourselves to follow our intuition. It's a simple thing and it's so hard to do, right? Like everything in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So once we work on our awareness, we work on quieting down, on slowing down, on feeling that difference between the different tone and voices in our head. You mentioned receiving and connecting to energy. So what do we need to know about energy when we're trying to read or perceive what is going on around us or receive information from it? Yeah, that's a very excellent question. So it kind of goes back to how everything that is matter is made of energy and there's energy in every single thing that surrounds us internally and externally. And it's understanding that we're not separate from nature and vice versa. We are of nature. And that's because the elements that make up nature, like if we think about it in this way, air, water, fire, earth, we can actually say that our breath is air, the fires are digestion, our bodies are made up of water and we need water to survive. And earth is our solid physical grounding that is needed to be on the earth. And so when we understand that we are not separate from nature and we're not separate from really anything in the world, that there's an energy imprint or feeling in every single thing around us, it'll really start talking to you in this way. When you see you're not separate from anything and nothing is separate from you, it's so much easier to understand that we have these physical senses all over our body that perceives things 24 seven. Right. Closing the gap, that separateness that we might feel and really opening the connection line between you and the elements and between you and everything else around you, basically. Yeah. So basically, in short, I'm just saying everything is energy. There's energy in in everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we're like, okay, but I don't really feel anything or hear anything or see anything, what are some tools that we can begin to perceive more that would help us like receive more, open ourselves more, like other than what we already talked about, which was like quieting down, slowing down awareness. Are there particular tools that you would suggest for people that are like, okay, I really want to receive more information. I want to connect more deeply. What can they do? That's exactly what they can do. It's exactly what you just said. I think it's a wanting, right? Like Mm. you have to want to open yourself up I think if you are feeling a little nervous or scared, or you don't feel anything, it most likely could just be that you've just never had that awareness to begin with. Maybe nobody told you or taught you that it was possible and that it was possible. Magic is everywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I think it's a want. It's a wanting to open yourself up. And, you know, it's intention. It's intention setting. And what I mean by that, 
is just setting an invocation or intention either out loud or in your mind of, okay, I'm ready to receive, you know, some guidance on XYZ in my life. And I want to start seeing signs and hearing and seeing the synchronicities that are around me. That is one way. If you want to take it a step further, I would say don't just like call upon any kind of energy in the world. I would be, (laughs) you know, like, don't just say I'm ready, give it all to me because, you know, I really believe and have experience that the universe responds to us. Mm -hmm. And so it responds and listens. Yeah. Being precise (laughs) with our intention is important in life. I have experienced that as well. Yes, it is because you will call in. It totally does. You will call in what you're saying. So you must be clear. And I think just setting an intention of I want to open myself up though is a really good way. And Mm -hmm. for beginners out there, the best way to start is with your dreams. Mm. How so? How can we use our dreams? Yeah, I think it's a little less scary. It's a little less intimidating for some people of like, well, I'd like to start remembering my dreams. And if I can receive some sort of guidance or information in the dreams, you know, setting an intention to to hear from your guides or to see or perceive energy in your dream state is more gentle because we're asleep during that time. We're very open and vulnerable. So information will come through if you ask for it. But that could feel maybe less intimidating because we dream every day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I feel like it's a playful place to start. Yes, yes, I would agree. It's playful. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's something that all of us know happens every night is what I'm saying. So there's maybe more control there. You could feel a little bit more in control of what you're asking for. And you can always just wake up and be like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You could, or you could start with, I just want to see signs in the animals or something like this, you know? Sure. So you mentioned being careful with the words of our intention. You mentioned that some people might have fear around. So knowing that we might be afraid of what could come or we might fear just connecting with energies, connecting with the past, connecting with the spirit realm, how do we protect ourselves as we develop our abilities? Like, is there a way to create a container so we don't feel like we're opening everything at once and we kind of feel out of control in that? Yeah, totally, totally. Just like we place boundaries with our family members and loved ones, there are boundaries that are absolutely that need to be in place psychically or spiritually. And this can be done in numerous ways. There are actual techniques that I teach in my courses. You can also use tools such as sage and stone or plants. If you are into that kind of thing, like if you're somebody that plays around with herbal medicine or rocks and stones and crystals, this kind of thing. There's so much you could do with spiritual protection, wearing stones on you, working with flower essences for those that, you know, work with that more closely, which is they're like the Bach remedies. It's the energetic imprint from a plant basically. And you can also use invocation or intention setting as well. So there's techniques, but to simplify it, you could use stones and just set clear intentions that you are wanting to connect you know, with your spirit guides that are well and that are here helping you on your highest path or to your greatest destiny in life. 
And being very clear with that will also help bring that boundary in so that it's not just energies, you know, all over the place. You can also tell them to fuck off, (laughs) to put it lightly. (laughs) Yes, yes, we get to say that. We get to say the F word, okay? (laughs) We can tell some spirits or energies that we feel to please leave us alone and and that we don't wish to communicate with them. and, And we would really like for them to respect our space and our boundary in whatever way that is in the morning or before bed. I love that. I mean, we are in control in that sense. And I think that's what people are afraid of, to not feel in control or not to have control if they open that door, you know, but by not giving permission, by setting boundaries, by telling them to fuck off, basically, I feel like there's a difference between us that are in the body and like whatever we're connecting to that is not in the body. Like we are on this plane, we are on the earth, we are in the body. I feel like there's kind of a hierarchy of some kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Yes, yes, yes. I do think that what I see across the board is people feeling intimidated. And Mm -hmm. then you feel like you don't have control, but actually we have so much control. We have so much control the same way we have of our mind and our thoughts and our words. We have the same level of control with our spiritual energy and what we allow in and what we do not allow in the same way with a relationship of I'm not available for whatever it is that's happening in the relationship. You can say the same way in the spiritual realm, but I won't lie and say that there aren't things like, I don't know everything when it comes to this stuff either, right? Like it's been 12 years in the realms, but there is still, I find so much to learn. And so I will not not claim that there are other things out there because there is. And that's why being just clear and knowing that you are absolutely in control and empowering yourself to know that is what's going to make the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I think it's overall like your own sense of empowerment in life. You know, like if you feel like afraid of losing control there, I wonder if somewhere in your life you feel disempowered as well, you know, and maybe there's something to look at in your 3D world first to create like that self-trust and then open up to the rest of the Ds. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I will say psychic development or intuitive development is personal development at the end of the day. You know how you say mind, body, spirit. Well, spirit is one of the most important, if not, I think the most important, but one of the main things to be looking at, like I will break it down in the physical body. So the hamstrings we know, or many people know, many massage therapists and yogis know, hamstrings help low back pain, right? They're connected. When we have healthy hamstrings and healthy hips and everything else can be stacked up correctly. And I kind of see that with the mind, body, and spirit, where if we are struggling in one part of our physical life or emotional life, we are going to be struggling with that same energy frequency spiritually. So yeah, I would say that that is a clear reflection of maybe if you feel disempowered in that, there is something in your life to look at that may be disempowering you. It's not separate for sure. There's a correlation. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming back to like how your own self healing and, you know, working your self awareness can impact your capacity to connect to the spirit world. Absolutely. I would say so. Yeah. So we've talked about 
our intuition. We've talked about guides a little bit. We've talked about our psychic senses. How do we know what information we get from what? Like if we're looking for some particular precise information, how do we know if we're calling guides or angels or if we need to work on, you know, being more clear audience? Like how do we choose where we put our attention? How do we select our intention? And where do we go? That is a loaded question. It's so good. It is just so like I good. love them. I know my favorite know. types of questions. <laughs> All of them are so good. Okay. How do we set up our intention? Hmm. It is through what's important to us and what we value that is going to be fueling some of our intentions of what we uphold to be valuable. Like for example, integrity is a huge one for me. So that's always going to be in my invocations to show up with integrity, to connect with integrity for my client. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it is about personal value. It is personal and in invocation is personal and it gets to be that way. You get to develop it and it changes over time as you change and having some training on being specific with what you are connecting to is important. That's why education and continuing to educate yourself is important. Um, also experience, try things out is a good way, right? That's like experience. Mm-hmm. Like experience will give you a lot to work with. Is and it like you start with what's the easiest and then you learn like you deepen what comes naturally to you and then you learn to like yeah. round yourself up? Yeah, I would say so. And the more you just keep practicing with it, the better and more refined it becomes Yeah. And then it develops from there and it just gets better and better and better. When it comes to our senses, you know, I would say, and I'm sure lots of shamanic practitioners and other psychic mediums, we all have like little bits of different things to say with this. But what I have experienced is there are just some clear psychic senses that come very naturally to us that are just developed. And that could be maybe first one person clear audience. And maybe for another person is like, oh no, I feel everything. So maybe mm-hmm. they're clairsentient. So they feel things. You know, a clear empath is someone who can really feel the feelings that someone is going through, like sadness and grief. Someone you and can't lie to. <laughs> someone you can't lie to, you guys. Don't even try it. But yes, and that's one of my strongest ones is the clear empath, where I just like feel, see, experience all of the emotions that the person is carrying. And then there's clairsentience, which is where we feel the physical sensation of the person. And those are two different things. But I would say some psychic development teachers may just branch it under clairsentience, clear feeling, but that's how you would distinguish an empath versus physical feelings, because those are two different tools. So we have some that are just naturally more open than the others. And it's not something I think we choose. It's something that just happens, Mm. but we can choose to train the other ones more closely and start working with them more closely to receive information through those channels. Mm -hmm. And there you can use your intention again. Like if you want to be more clairvoyant, your intention might be to see versus like, if you're more like clairaudient, your intention might be to like, I am listening or, you know, like using the words of these senses to really connect to the information. Totally. Exactly. And there are very great tools. Like one of them for clairvoyance is imagination. So if you are somebody who has a wild, overactive or active imagination, clairvoyance may come more naturally 
to you, but there are tools like actual practical tools that you work with daily to open up those areas in your body to start seeing it that way. And it just requires practice and a lot of trust and just showing up, just showing up to it and just seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. I love that. Would you give an example of one practice for people that might think that that's their strongest or their more natural one to, to strengthen? Yes. So with clairvoyance, I would say mm, some things to open up that channel. Well, I would say guided meditations of being able to envision light coming visualization. through. Yeah, visualization. And even one I've practiced is called, well, there's really no name for it. I just call it a flame meditation, which is to visually stare at a flame, a candle in meditation for let's say 20 minutes, just visualizing it and watching what happens. So it's a concentration exercise that does make your brain work. But I would say practices that really like work your brain and that you use visualization practices like mantras and meditations that are visual meditations, that is one that would help Mm -hmm. open up that area for you a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Is there one myth or misconception about all of this that you'd like to address? Like reason why people think it's not possible or it's not for them? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Guys, you're not going to get possessed. I am not saying, (laughs) okay, I'm not, (laughs) I am not saying real. Yeah. Real talk. Let's be real for a second. I am not going to say that there aren't experiences or situations in life where this has happened, right? I'm sure there has been possession in the world somewhere. I don't know the details, but I am going to tell you that spirit is all loving. They are not scary. They're not going to come and possess you and hurt you and try to like do anything crazy. That is a myth. The the spirit realm is an all loving space. And there are a lot of myths out there saying that like the demons are going to come in and take over and body snatch you. And that is not accurate. That's not going to happen. These are unfortunately films like Insidious, for example, you know, I am a horror fan. I used to have these beliefs. It's actually what blocked my medium channel. That's why I can speak from experience. My Mm -hmm. deepest fear in life was demonic possession, believe it or not. And I had to make a vow to myself. That can't be random. That cannot be a coincidence. I know. I, I swear I think about this too, right? I always think that what we teach is what we have to go through the hardest in life, uh, the lessons we go through. But I had to make a vow to stop watching so many horror, scary, insidious-like movies because they're fairy tale movies and they're not real in that sense of you're going to read a spirit and that's going to happen. It's not going to happen, guys. That's just not how it works at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing I would love to ask you, and you just mentioned, and you kind of brought that to the forefront of my mind is the ways we block ourselves. So like we might have some abilities, but we might have blocked them. We might have told them consciously or unconsciously to go away at some time in some point in our life, right? We might be afraid. What are some things that might block us that might stand in the way of us developing our psychic abilities or mediumship abilities? Limited belief systems, hardcore. That's going to be one of the main things to work at is what are your core belief systems and how much do you actually believe them? And what have you been taught 
growing up, we have been taught a lot of things. We're taught to live in this society that is very fear-based in a lot of ways. And there are a lot of conditions and limitations we want put on ourselves, but that other people tell us. And then we carry that belief system and believe it. And that belief of believing it for so long becomes embodied. And now you feel this block so, so deeply as truth. It so really is like a- you can't, like you're not special or like it's not possible or people that call themselves psychics are actually charlatans, like those beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been called every name under the sun, guys. Every name. Oh my. Yeah. So it is working with your limited belief systems, what you tell yourself, what other people have told you. But no, I do not think spirituality has anything to do with gifts. I do not think your gifts have anything to do with the spiritual path. And no, you do not need to be special. Psychics are not special. There are some people that are just more trained or more educated or have it innately um, to a higher degree, but it does not mean that they are special or chosen or anything like this. Everybody serves a purpose. Everybody has the ability and capability to really work in this realm and be very successful in it if they choose to. Love it. That's a good way to conclude. So anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like like one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with other than yes, you can, <laughs> like you just so well said, anything else they should ponder on or reflect on? Gosh, the other thing I guess I didn't mention is when you talked about being blocked, I will say this, start paying attention to what you consume and digest on a daily basis, because what we are also, not just our limited belief systems, but what we are consuming, this is scrolling on social media, maybe eating a lot of foods that are not very healthy, this kind of thing. Whatever we're digesting constantly does affect our abilities. And so these are also other things to start paying attention to in your life because it does affect, like I said, if it affects your physical and emotional health, most likely it's affecting your spiritual channel as well. And I guess the last piece I would want people to really remember is the next time you're taking a test or you're walking somewhere or I don't know, for the sake of where we are these days on Tinder, if your gut gut said to swipe on that person, to go left, to choose A on the multiple choice test, for example, and then you second guess yourself and you're like, no, it's D or, you know, you swipe on that person. Stop it. Yes. My thing is stop, take a deep breath and go with your first answer, your first choice, because most likely it's correct. And if we were to trust that a little bit more, you might find like, oh, wow, my intuition is speaking and try it out and see what happens if you were to actually go with the initial first gut feeling. Love it. I'll put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hello, they want to work with you in some capacity and learn how to develop their psychic abilities? Where can they find you? Yes, I am most active on Instagram. I am under the sacred path or Dominique Isis. You can find me there. I also use email as another good way to get connected. If you don't have social media, I am on Facebook as well under Dominique Isis, but I am on Instagram the most. So that's where I offer a lot of my programs and my work. Perfect. So we'll link your Instagram, your website, and we can also add your email to the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out, they'll know how to find you. 
Awesome. So excited. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. That was a very fun chat. (laughs) Good. Thank you so much, Erica. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly helps people find the podcast. And to say thank you, you'll get access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me an email with a screenshot of the review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find my email and the show notes for today's episode at ericabelanger.com slash 154. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.